Greetings, and welcome to episode six of the Loaded Card Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they discuss the things that they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode, we talk about Let's Plays and how they affect our buying habits. When we can stay on topic. Ooh, shiny! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Cart Podcast. Today's episode, Let's Plays and How They Affect Our Buying Habits. I am Paul of What's Paul Playing Today, and with me as always is Chop the Viking, otherwise known as Dan. Hey. We also have a special guest, Barbecue oh, Baron yeah. Drew. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. So yeah, are you actually a baron of barbecue? I am. I'm a manager of a barbecue restaurant. Do you wear like a red baron cap while you're doing it? Because that would be I... pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, but that sounds really good. <laughs> you you, you kind of have to at this point now. I mean, I'm on I, I Amazon right you. now. And a yeah, monocle. Right. You need a monocle while a you're mon- behind the grill? Exactly. <laughs> if I have a scarf every time I take an order, then run to the back. I can throw over my shoulder. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I would eat there every day. I, I, I would die there. <laughs> I don't know, Paul. Any further stuff on controls that you want to gripe about? If we've got another hour and a half, probably, but nothing specific springs to mind now. I only have like a tiny gripe that's just a personal one that I always find kind of funny. Is uh, I play a lot of MOBAs, and some MOBAs have a really unique control scheme on a keyboard where it's the you know usually Q W E R is yep. you know the, the main buttons that you hit, and then you have Wasad for all of the all of the first person shooters and other games that you play. And what I find happens, just this is me, my own personal ridiculousness. Whenever I'm playing an FPS game, my hands instantly line up on Q W E R. And whenever I'm playing like League of Legends, my hands instantly go to W S A D. And I have to like constantly look down and be like, okay, I need to shift my hand. Alright, cool, and I'm good. Until I take my hand off the keyboard and then I always put it back the wrong way. So you see, when I first started out, I would always do like when I first started playing um, uh, Here's the Storm. I and not Heart of the Storm this time. All right. Oh. <laughs> I, I always I, I would sit on WASD and I'm like, why isn't this working? Or I'd go up to one, two, three, four, and keep slapping those like they owed me money. <laughs> <laughs> but like that, that's my only gripe. It's like you know, there's uh, for some weird reason, whenever I you know I or I, or I'll always line my fingers up on W E R T and like so I'll go to like hit my, my third ability and, like, spam an ultimate and be like, God damn it, there's yeah, 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 two yeah, minutes yeah. of me sucking from that for now. Yep, I uh, hate that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that that's, that's, of course, nothing to do with the actual control schemes and more just, like, my... No, 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 it's just our fuck-up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> my, like my I, I, was, I was just playing a match with Drew, and we were playing uh, Here's the Storm, and I was Malfurion, and I slapped the R button, and I was like, oh, crap, now we're generating for no freaking reason whatsoever. <laughs> And then it's funny because then when you're like trying to alt and your fingers are off that one set of keys, like you're you're like, why is this not doing anything? Why will my alt never go off? Yeah. Yep. Even in Diablo, like all the skills are one, two, three, four. Yeah. And then here's the storm. Yeah, everything's Q R E T, and I've been switching back between the two. And like <laughs> yeah, I mess yeah. up which game I'm in. I'm like, oh. And, and while you're playing yeah. Diablo, all of a sudden you'll hit the heal button with Q, and you're like, I didn't yeah. need a potion. What the hell, man? Exactly. And of course, and of course they'll bitch at you because you're like, oh, you don't need a potion right now. Cut the shit. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you got uh, anything going going on that's cool in the world of, of video gaming right now, Paul? I wish. Honestly, I've the only thing I've been doing recently has just been sitting and playing Here's the Storm. I played with Dan Andrew yesterday and Andrew today, and just I just needed to decompress. It's been a long week at work, and I'm just done. I'm so frightened. It's only Tuesday. Yeah, pulling back the curtain. We're recording on a Tuesday. Fallout 4 can't come fast enough? I Honestly, I don't know if I'll have time by the time it comes out. Hopefully I will, but oh, we'll nice. see. <laughs> Although, nice. I will be... I I am planning, and I've already requested the days off surrounding Extra Life. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it. Okay, if yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's, it's, it's a great little charity. I'm going to be doing stuff for... Uh, uh, Cleveland Clinic around here for their children's hospital. As long as I can swing it, of course. Uh, it's starting November 4th, so hopefully okay. I'll be able to start donating. Nice. If not, I will try and work myself into, or at least at the, at the very least, uh, talk to Kevin and see if I can help him out. Uh, Mr. Ugly that I've mentioned before. Uh, I've, yeah, we've we've done something with Kevin. I think me and you were me and, uh, me and Kevin were heckling you while you were playing something yeah, on, on, much. on uh, Skype, I think. 
yep. something like that. So the cool thing that I have right now, or at least it's cool to me because you know me and crowdfunding, Battletech started their crowdfunding game for a, a tactical turn-based mech combat game, which looks Freak, or you know, sounds freaking fantastic. But they hit their two hundred fifty thousand dollar funding goal in an hour. That's impressive. Yeah, but it's by it's Harebrained Schemes who did Shadowrun Returns, and Jordan Weissman is actually the creator of BattleTech. So it's you know it's in it's in the right hands, and people trust. After all of the Shadowrun successes and how good those games have been, people are like, oh, you want to bring back BattleTech too? Here's all <laughs> of my money, and yeah, so they're I don't even know what they're at right now. I haven't looked in a while, but they were I think it almost double. They they were almost at five hundred thousand, and it you know it went live at like ten a.m. today or something like that. Oh, wow. But they're... They're, they have some crazy goals because they basically started off like, look, hey, we ha- thanks to Shadowrun, we have enough money to make this game. So we're making the game anyway. But if you guys pitch in stuff, we'll be able to add more stuff. So, like, I think if they hit a million, they're adding a, like, full story-driven RPG-style campaign to the game. And then... uh I think they're adding a mercenary campaign if they hit 1.85, and then at I think two million, they're it's either two or two and a half million. They're do, they're adding a PVP oh, <laughs> combat arenas, which is yeah. you know, could be kind of cool. We'll, we'll see. I mean, they're, they're currently sitting at 664,184, and they're still not 12 hours in. No, that started at 10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 34 days to go. I imagine like the first week is usually. Oh, sorry, six six four five six nine. Now, um, yeah. usually the first week is the biggest week for them, and there's a big push in the last couple of days for Kickstarters. At least that I've noticed. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's, the, that's the general tr- trend is, and we'll get into this a lot in our if we do crowdsourcing episode, which I think we were planning on doing at some point. But yeah, usually it's the first week is when you do most of your traffic, and then the last two or two to three days, uh, and then there's some ridiculous stat that like. If you hit 50% of your funding goal, you're like 90% likely to succeed and hit in funding. Yep. Like it's it's pretty crazy how just hitting the halfway part makes it like the difference between that success and failure is hitting the halfway point basically. It's very rare that they don't succeed if they surpass 50%. But so I'm I'm eager to see what they do. They have there's no gameplay footage yet, but you know, based on just what they've done with their tactical stuff from Shadowrun and you know, the people making the game or the people who designed the actual, like, miniatures game, it's, it's going to be good. The only thing that's up right now is literally just a video of Jordan Weissman yakking with people, including the guy who designed that commander. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty funny. It's amusing to watch, and there's actually a couple of outtakes in the video that they left in, like him making fun of the designer that's going to be working with him at Harebrain. Yep, the guy who designed that commander. Yeah, and, and, and he's like this young dude... And and he's just like, oh, now now it's all hip and popular because some young dude's doing it. It's it yes. is pretty funny. Like there, there's a couple of outtakes at the end, like you know the whole studio's there and they're all like, thank you Kickstarter. You hear the cameraman go, that sucked. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I mean there there's some comedy in there, like which is what you need in a Kickstarter video. You need you need to be human beings basically. As opposed to that one Kickstarter video we watched, which was just utterly <laughs> failed on every level to accomplish what it. What its intended goal was. Yeah, the sexist Kickstarter video. Oh, God, that was great. It was uh, just absolutely what? enthralling. What was that about? Uh, so so there was this these guys that are all, like, ex-Bioware people that are all worked with for Bioware within the last, like, five years or so. They made a... We're trying to make an RPG that was based off of one of their, like, Neverwinter Nights mods that they made as part of their job application. Yeah. And it was supposed to star these two chicks, like, and be about sisterhood and all of this stuff. Not a single female developer on, on board. Okay. Uh, and so they made this pitch video, which was these four dudes sitting around, like, a gaming shop. And not even, like, a, like a D&D gaming shop. I mean, it was, like, a video game gaming shop. And, uh, <laughs> and they're all talking. And, like, these two chicks walk in. They, like, have some beef out in the parking lot. And then they, like, come in and, like, are not really smack-talking each other in the store, but, like... It- just some shit talking going on, and they're all like, "Man, I wish people would design a game with a, a strong female character." And like these guys are like, Ooh, like typing on their computers. Well, this is a good idea. Let's let's take all this information down. And and then like they they like make up and like decide to like go out to dinner or something. So the two chicks leave, and then the guys that had spent like the past five minutes drooling over these two chicks were like, "Oh." 
hey, we're game developers and we can make that game. And and it, it's a magnificent fucking train wreck. Is all I have to say about a, that. Yeah, who better to write women than men? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Who, who, who better to write women than white men? Yeah, a, a bunch of white nerds who yeah. basically uh, portrayed themselves in the video as nerdy white guys that like can't get a date because yeah. they're nerdy white guys and hang out. There, there's the store. There, there's very few male writers that I've seen who have written convincing women. Like, George Martin and Joss Whedon are the only two I can think of. Yeah. Who've written convincing women characters. Convincing strong female characters. I've got a couple of sci-fi authors that, that do, in my opinion. I don't know if you are familiar with Jack McDevitt. I'm not. But, yeah. they're, they're, like I said, they're the only two that sprung to mind. Yeah. Like, like I'm sure there's more out there, but the only two that, that really are somebody that listeners will immediately recognize. Right. Because of their yeah. fame. Jack McDevitt's a little weird because, like, his... His women characters tend to come uh, like their leads, basically, but they they tend to come across as almost like this is what chicks in the army were like <laughs> when he was in the army back in like you know Vietnam, I think. Yeah, but you know he's he's it's very much like they're they're gung ho like super independent women and like they have very much a military vibe, which makes me laugh a lot. But but his Fair wife enough. is his proofreader basically. So if his, if the woman's doing something that's not believable, his wife is going to be like. Fix this. What are you, fucking stupid. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's really my my cool thing going on. I feel like we haven't heard from uh, Drew here in a minute. So uh, Drew, what games <laughs> are you currently playing? What games am I currently playing? Um, yeah, like Paul said earlier, yeah, playing a little Heroes here and there. Mostly just getting a little daily quest so I can get my gold, so I can get my free characters. But uh, mostly I've been sinking all of my time into Dark Souls. Oh, one or and two. That uh, the first one because I've played two in Bloodborne and I've beat both of those, but I've never beat Dark Souls one. I didn't know you had Masochist Drew. And so yeah, <laughs> and that what yeah, this game is beating me, beating me so, to death. So what is your opinion of Twitch plays Dark Souls? I was you know I had that down for like a little news story. Yeah, they beat it earlier today. Did they actually beat the whole game? Yeah, they it's beat a, it. You can see the early early playing they hots. beat it before me and we started <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> I'm sorry to pour salt in that wound. I did not I know, I know. In fairness, they've, they've got a pause system where they vote on what actually to do, so, I mean, Drew's playing, playing in real time, and it is the much, is the, the most Aside from Demon Souls, it is probably the hardest of the the Souls games. I would say it's the yeah hardest out of yeah the four. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And then uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, Phantom Pain. Huh. I've been playing that. That's really fun. It's a uh, I don't know. It's just a GTA style Metal Gear game. It's really fun. It's that's interesting. It's highly entertaining to yeah kidnap everybody. Is it a sandbox style game? It, yeah, so yeah, that's kind of how it starts. They put you in the middle of like Afghanistan, and like there's just villages all nearby, and they give you little mission objectives to extract certain prisoners and things of that nature. And it's really open world, and it's really nice of uh, the way you can approach each village, and you can go in guns blazing, or you can go in and not kill anybody, you know, and extract the prisoner hmm. and get out. And so it's really nice with the like, yeah, like. You know, free form, like play it your way. Yeah, style. that, that actually that's... sounds a lot more interesting than every other Metal Gear Solid game. Uh, yeah, oh, and the <laughs> and say so, yeah, and that's I've played yeah, yeah every episode. other Metal Gear game. Like this is by far like the best control setup. Like uh, it's easy to get uh, in and out of buildings, kidnap you. Like you, uh, yeah. That was going to be my next question. Have they fixed the controls? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you're not fighting the controls trying to sneak around. Um, we we had a fun bitch session about that game, that series of I games last episode. Okay. And no, no, I've always huh? liked them, and I've liked their yeah absurd stories that don't make any fucking sense, you know, whatsoever. Sorry for swearing. So, but. so we can we can further delve into this to make it even more awkward. Do you remember what the controls are for the first Metal Gear Solid game? We we had a fun argument about this actually. Because I remember them being tank controls, where you basically press forward to go forward, and you turn. No, with the right no, no. They went like yeah, just up, down, left, right with the directional pad. Okay. But I think it was before they had the dual shock, so you didn't have like yes, the was. control though. So like you were kind of on a grid ish mm-hmm. kind it, of thing. And maybe it was that my gripe with that game was more <laughs> that like it was in 
like the not really the mounting system, but you know where you you back up to a wall and come off of a wall and like maybe yeah. 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 that was really <laughs> shitty. And either way, I did not like the controls of that the game. The controls of the game were shitty. I will I will never argue with you on that. They were shitty as hell, but I will argue yeah. every day they weren't tank controls. <laughs> they, I can they were see, not I can tank see it, controls. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, one point for Paul. <laughs> I threw my arms up in victory, listeners. One to one to nothing, I think. I don't contest. I don't care about that. <laughs> um, anything else that you've been playing, Drew? I'm trying to what think. No, topic? not really. Uh, yeah, yeah, just Metal Gear, Dark Souls. Hopefully, okay. I'll finish Dark so, Souls one day. Slight curveball. What's right. your favorite thing to cook? What is my question? favorite thing to Since cook? You are a baron of the barbecue. I meth. mean, <laughs> 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 never cooked meth. I've watched a show about it. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> like just a plain, plain steak, you know. <laughs> like a nice New York strip. You Keep know. It simple, right? Yeah. Baked potatoes and green beans. Like solid. Yeah, my yeah. Uh, one of my favorite celebrity chef people is uh, Anthony Bourdain. And oh, one of yeah. his one of his big sayings is the secret to cooking is to take good ingredients and not fuck them up. Right. Yeah, and and sometimes that's what makes steak awesome. You brine a steak and then you just don't fuck it up, and it's amazing. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's how people charge like eighty dollars a steak at restaurants. <laughs> right. Well, before we get too far down the food rabbit hole, we should probably introduce our topic because we could probably talk food all night and turn this into a ridiculous food podcast. Uh, <laughs> Where our topic is Let's Plays and how they affect our buying habits. So from what I can tell, there's really two real types of Let's Plays. And those are full playthroughs and just the open-ended kind of sandbox games. Uh, full plays are generally done by guys like PewDiePie and the guys over at Rooster Teeth. Michael generally does a full play series. Open-ended stuff, obviously the Achievement Hunter guys always doing open-ended crap. They're always faffing about with uh, Minecraft or any other kind of stuff. Um, Halo especially, they do lots yep, of yep, yep. Lots of weird Halo stuff. I can't pronounce either of these names, so I know you wrote these notes, so <laughs> yep. feel free. Okay. So, so the other two examples that I have are a little weird. One of them, I would be surprised if most people have not heard of him, because it's Sky Does Minecraft. He has several, I think, million subscribers now. He's he's pretty crazy. but So he basically faffs about Minecraft, plays different mods, and... They actually, like, make up games. Like, they had a... I watched one of his videos once, because I met him two years ago at a at a convention here in Atlanta at Momocon, because he was on a panel with a bunch of other Minecraft guys, which is kind of funny. So one of the videos that he has is basically a game that they play with friends, where they had, like, eight people on the server and on voice. So they were on this platform, and literally someone stood in the middle of the platform, and people came up, and one at a time got to try and make the person laugh. And... If he laughed, the person got a point. So they were playing to a certain number of points, like five points or something like that. So they just like literally made up this game show for like on <laughs> Minecraft, and it was just make the person laugh by doing dumb shit in front of them. And you got like you know a thirty, you got one shot. You had, got to make one joke, and either they laughed or they didn't, and you you know step back and someone else took a turn. And it's just you know they do weird stuff like that on it. Then the other one is Airborne Phoenix. He's he's Irish. So how you pronounce that? It's, he's he's Irish, so it's Ireland. You know, sure, sure, sure. But I, I've E I R E. I yeah. I wouldn't pronounce that as air. Yeah, it's it's it has to do with Ireland. But yeah, he he pronounces it Airborne Phoenix. Sure. I was first introduced to him a while back. He does a lot of survival sandbox games. So he started like Daisy stuff like that. He started with Daisy because he heard it was really cool and had no idea how to play it. So he just started streaming Daisy, which was kind of funny. Uh, and then he so basically he's done all of the survival horror. So he did like Rust and Seven Days yep. to Die and he's he's done all of them basically. So his are all like super well, you know, cuz there's no plot in Daisy. It's just you pop up into a server and you try not to die. And, yeah, and most of those games are like that. But yep. yeah, so there is no way to do a full playthrough of it. It's just you go get as far as you can and and not die. And he was really funny to me cuz he screams like a little girl when there are zombies sometimes, and it's really funny. And he freaks yeah. out, because like, you hear the zombie noises, and he's like, oh man, this is super intense. <laughs> you haven't seen my amnesia videos, have you? Oh, God. Have you, have you seen PewDiePie's amnesia videos? Because I, I, honestly, people, be frank a lot you, of I people stand hate that guy. PewDiePie. Exactly. A lot of people hate PewDiePie, Me and too. Paul is one of them. Yes. And this guy, too. <laughs> Where he really stands out, in my opinion, is when he plays scary games because he screams like a little bitch, and it's hilarious. 
But if I wanted to see that, I'd watch a horror movie with my niece. True. <laughs> In my opinion, he's highly entertaining when he's playing scary stuff because he screams like a little girl, and it's absolutely hysterical to me. It's not my bottle of beer. <laughs> no, no, it's not. But obviously he's doing something right if he's, you know, landing a TV show and has more views than anyone else in the history of YouTube. And if I'm being fair, I, I think part of my dislike for the guy is the fact that I'm intensely envious of his success and I want to replicate that. It's not going to happen because I don't have near the... I'm not a handsome man by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> so I'm not going to have girls just staring and fawning at me like uh, Markiplier does, for example. Uh, it's just not going to happen, which... I'm fine with. I try to let the content speak for itself. But yeah, so, so PewDiePie has 39 and a half million subscribers. Jesus. Which more power to him. It's yeah. just not my kind of thing. It really isn't. It's crazy. Like that. No, yeah, no, it's you impressive don't. You <laughs> don't do that. See, people always come into streaming and they think, oh, I'm going to be the next PewDiePie or I'm going to be the next uh, whatever the heck that kid's name is who's got a show on Cartoon Network now, Annoying Orange. Yeah. Uh, he got to start as a YouTuber, and he still does YouTube videos with his little mm -hmm. Shih Tzu. Uh, I can't remember his name for the life of me, but I'm going to be the next, this kid. Yeah. It's not going to happen, kids. Just relax and have fun with it. He was at a panel that, I, remember I told you I went to a podcast panel uh, at right. DragonCon? Like, he yep. was there. The kid who does Annoying know. Orange? Yeah, he, he was on the podcast panel. And and it's it's not false advertising. That shit is really annoying. Guy from Sky Does Minecraft has 11 million subscribers. Airborne Phoenix. He actually doesn't have that many. He actually has eighty-four thousand, but he that's also doesn't more play. Than enough to make a living. He yeah, doesn't play. Impressive. Like so, he's playing Sniper Elite Three. Yeah, that's fun. Blaze and Slide. <laughs> oh no, no more room in hell. Oh yeah, also that's fun. Yeah. Daisy, uh, Counter Strike Go, Seven oh. Days to Die. Yeah, just H all the fun H1, stuff. H one Z one Arc. Like so, you you get the gist of it. Like he just plays whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. And and he's he's kind of funny, but he's Irish, so he's a little little quirky. But but it's those are just examples of of the uh, what we think are the two basic styles of let's plays. Because I mean, really, what else can there be? There are people, yeah, like you said, like PewDiePie who are playing. And you, Paul, that you also do this, or you you play a game through to completion, and you like that's the video. Generally, and yeah. And then some games you can't really do that with, so that's why they're the open-ended ones. Just for as an example, like uh, Dan and I, other Dan and I, of Seven Days to Die fame, we literally did Seven Days, uh, and that's we did as advertised. And we wanted to eventually do that with Seasons. I just have to figure out a way to get a server up. But I'm curious about how Let's Plays don't really affect my buying habits. I mean, they can, certainly. The, the entire purpose of them is to generally give people... At least for regular Let's Plays, not not necessarily full plays. But the general purpose is to give people a, a, a general feel of the game. You're supposed to come in, see the game play on its own, and be like, kind of like it's kind of like an extended gameplay trailer, so to speak. Yeah, I, well, I think if you watch an individual episode for a lot of people, yes, I, I can totally agree with that. The problem is if there's someone you like and you follow their videos every day, and you see, for example, you see someone play through Far Cry 3 or Tomb Raider. Because I know you were doing Tomb Raider at one point in time. So, so they, like those two games. They'll finish that one day. <laughs> or, or say, I mean, even something as simple as like, so the first Bioshock. If you if you sat and watched someone play through the first Bioshock, I can totally see an argument that it would you wouldn't necessarily need to buy that game. Absolutely. You've you've seen the whole story. You sure. you have all the spoilers. It's. And not only do you have this, I mean, there's just so much to 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 that game. But if you watch someone play through front to back, I, I what's the point? What's the point of purchasing it? Yeah. Well, and, and that's my argument right now is that... So I, I think the full play Let's Plays can be a detriment to sales unless you're like, oh, man, that game looks so super awesome. Let me go buy it and play through the whole thing myself because I really liked it. Yep. Where I think the more open-ended sandbox ones are like, oh, man, that was really cool. Let me go do some crazy stuff like that. And, which, and which is there's two different experiences, which is a little weird. Yeah, and that's that's where something like uh, Minecraft comes in, and I, I think the advent of YouTube it has been the best thing for open-ended stuff like Minecraft. I guarantee you that that any sort of Minecraft stuff that you see on YouTube has boosted sales and put money in Microsoft's pocket, and before that, of course, uh, Mojang, Marcus Persons pocket, yeah, Mojang, <laughs> Mojang. Is it Mojang? I'm pretty sure it's Mojang because. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I think so. But uh, it's also a lot more fun to say Mojang, and a lot of people say Mojang. (laughs) I just don't pronounce it. I kind of like that that game that Minecraft made. Yeah. What? Yeah, Yeah. apparently he made. They they sold to Microsoft for what was it like two and a half billion or something like that. Yeah. He made. He he personally made like seventy five percent of that. Yeah. He what? What house did he buy? He bought a house from Beyonce or bought it over? No. Yeah. He he. He undercut like well not really undercut them like they were they put in an offer on it and like he put in a much bigger he, offer yeah he bought yeah. it out from under them like Beyonce and Jay Z which is hilarious <laughs> oh it's really funny it's like I want this house screw you guys yeah I'm Swedish I actually watched a uh it was some video about Notch not terribly long ago and uh did you ever see like the pictures of the inside of the house. I saw a few. I saw his candy room. Yeah, so that candy room, right? That's that's what I wanted to talk about. That was absurd. With all the giant candy dispensers on the wall. It's like, wait, dude, you're kind of big enough. I know. Do you think all that's bad by like all that candy's bad by now? It costs two hundred thousand dollars to restock the candy wall. He's gonna be broke soon. <laughs> He's gonna like you know like, just, like just let that sink in. Just that this, one room to maintain like the, that one let's, room. Let's let's let it sink in. However, that he's got seventy five percent of two point five billion dollars. Yes, yes, I, I don't think he's gonna like, go broke. Uh, he never has to worry about it. He's however, gonna be the e true Hollywood story of what went wrong. <laughs> I, don't <laughs> I don't think he'll ever be broke. Notch, like, uh, where uh, are you now? Nah, yeah. <laughs> the seventh circle of hell. Like, I was Minecraft. The VH1, true Hollywood story. <laughs> what happened to Mark Pearson? Yeah. I remember those. The sad dramatic music in the background. And you see Hulk walking away to the sad music. <laughs> so, out of curiosity, either of you, is there something you that if you saw it in a let's play would deter you from buying a game? Heavy just, spoilers. Yeah, or if it just really bad controls or something like yeah. something I was looking forward to, you know, like yeah. To be fair, there are some games where the really bad controls are the game, which is something we talked about. Like yeah. I am uh, red. Oh yeah, yeah, but stuff I think like I'm... that. Where part of that, the weirdness of the controls is what makes the game fun to play for some people. Oh, but I'm fine with that part. It's just, yeah, no, the, no, like, if it's, I don't know, I guess if it's supposed to be an action game and the controls are laggy, yeah, you know, yeah. you're not diving when you should dive. If I can I understand s- that. If I see in a Let's Play that the person who's doing the video is having a really terrible time, I probably will not buy it. Uh, for example, my, my buddy Kevin, who runs his own channel, was playing the Resident Evil, the most recent Resident Evil multiplayer game, and he and his buddies were just having the worst time. Like, they were do- dogging it, bad-mouthing it the entire time because it was an awful game. And I'm just sitting here like, I will never play this, and I thank them for their service <laughs> for doing this for me. So, so what about... I don't know if that's entirely fair, because there are definitely YouTubers, especially, that specifically play bad games. Like, that's their whole reason for existence. <laughs> like, like Rage Quit, which is a sure, sure. thing, and... Part of the appeal of that channel is he intentionally plays games that are going to piss him off to the point where he's going to throw a controller and quit playing. And that's yeah. fine, but I'm talking about like a, a person who's not focused specifically or oriented specifically on yeah. playing a crappy game. Like somebody who just stumbles on a crappy game that like, oh, this might be... F- oh, this eats several amounts of ass. I don't want to play <laughs> this ever again. can definitely agree with that. I'm pretty sure I would not do that also. Yeah, heavy spoilers, I think, are the... Well, I don't know if it would deter me from buying a game, but it would definitely affect my opinion of the game is probably a better yeah. way to put it. Um, yeah. Because it's funny that Let's Plays are a big deal now, to me, personally, because I, when I was in high school, like, on the weekends, we'd, we'd all be hanging out at a friend's house, and sometimes, over the course of a weekend, we would be sitting down and watch someone play through an entire PlayStation game over the course of the weekend, and we'd just be chilling on the couch, like, eating popcorn or pizza and shit, and, you know, yeah. my friend Brian would be 
playing away at the video game. But like, I think I watched all of Resident Evil 2 or Resident Evil 3, one of the ones where Nemesis is chasing you down and you have to keep shooting that's, him with rockets to make him not... Yeah, 3, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's one of them. I, I'm pretty sure right, you played nah, both nah. of them. But I, I remember that one specifically because we kept making fun of the whole stupid stars <laughs> thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's oh. how I experienced uh, Final Fantasy VII the yep, first time. Was, yeah, like we're just watching friends play and it's like, can I play? Mm-hmm. No. This is my game. <laughs> so, yep. so actually one of the cool parts about the... I don't know if it was 7. I know earlier Final Fantasy games, you could actually split the controls during combat. Yeah, I knew you could and like, so, so it was So yeah, so it was one player uh, on the Overland map, and then when combat kicked in, like you get, someone else could control some of the party members. So you could kind of turn it into a multiplayer game, because we played through a couple of times with that. That's where, in my opinion, Secret of Mana really shines as an awesome Super Nintendo game, because if you had a multi-tap, you could play (laughs) three-player, and that was was pretty amazing. Amazing. That was was extremely innovative at the time, and it reminds me of, if you recall, the Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles for GameCube. I wanted to like that. (laughs) Oh. It was. I loved it personally because if you had Game Boy Advances, like every, yeah. of course, it it was one of the things that you had to have all the peripherals for, which was Game Boy Advances, the the cables that connected to the GameCube, so you could look at the map down where you were playing, and you had you could have up to four people playing at the same time. Right, Sweet. but yeah. you needed to have a huge investment up front. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. No, I only had it. Yeah, and I didn't have any. Yeah, friends at the time uh, that had it. All that. On a on a similar vein to that, there was a the multiplayer Zelda game, the four-player four Zelda game that they made. Four, four Swords Adventure. Way after it came out, one of my friends bought it, and we played through it because at the time we could go to GameStop and drop 20 bucks and buy a Game Boy Advance and hook it up. So we bought four of them, yeah. and like you know, our total investment was maybe $100 in the game. And yep. It was like me and him and his son and random other people would play, and it was fun for a, a Zelda game because it was more like A Link to the Past, which is probably the only Zelda game I like. <laughs> you know what I find really weird is that sweet spot of when game consoles dip to the point where they're really inexpensive, but then after that they start going up. So you've got that little V shape in, on a yeah. graph, you know what I'm talking about? It's and you could go and get like a a, a, a GameCube for like 15 bucks or a, a Game Boy Advance for like yeah. 12. And then they become collectors' items and start going yep. up. Yep. Yeah. And it's, and it's just <laughs> and you get angry because you're like, I missed the freaking window. Yeah. <laughs> the Dreamcast window was really funny too because people were buying those for a while and just turning them into firewalls because they didn't really have any kind of copy protection in the early ones especially. And you could just put a burned CD in it and, yep. and like instantly boot it into whatever. And you could put Linux on it and uh, with the keyboard turn it into a firewall for your home computer. <laughs> you just put it straight up to the network. It, yep. Yeah. I know a lot of people who did that, which is kind of funny. But I, we are getting way off topic. Which, oh, absolutely. You know, who, who cares? But <laughs> I don't mind the rambles. Yeah, it's fun. Rambles are fun. So I'm trying to think of some more, like, just kind of open-ended questions oh, yeah. we can ask. I mean, it's... That's what, like, do, do let's any play... Of you, do any of you have a particular streamer that you like to watch? Not even, like, we've mostly we've been talking about YouTube. Like, every, every person we've mentioned so far is on YouTube. That's half of the streaming equation. So you have you have YouTube and the Let's Play, half the Let's Play equation. So you have right. people on YouTube. Do you guys have a favorite streamer, like on Twitch or any of the other crazy ones that I can't think of? Justin TV died and is now Twitch, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's a couple other ones out there. Do you guys have any that you particularly enjoy watching? No. I'm trying to think. Uh, kind of Funny Games isn't too shabby. I don't know if you get into, uh, what's his name, uh, Greg Miller, Colin uh, Moriarty, and all those guys, like they do, because they just have, like, daily shows now I don't know. on Twitch. Yeah. I'm not sure who Greg Miller is, but I will uh, it was it Yeah, they were all these guys that worked over at uh, IGN for years, mm. like nine-plus years, and then they all decided to, like, quit <laughs> IGN at the same time, start their own company, kind of funny games. And, uh, yeah, they've just been, uh, they got, like, their own Patreon. It's all, yeah, like, fan-supported content. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, and they're doing, like, they, I want to say they have, like, one of the most, like, successful, like, Patreon campaigns in terms of, like, streamers. That's, that's pretty And great. that sort, yeah. I know for me personally, most of the guys that I actually end up watching are the uh, professional League of Legends guys. 
particularly okay. <laughs> particularly sneaky because I'm a I'm a fan of Cloud Nine and Sneaky always is doing really okay. funny stuff on stream and he's yeah. it's it's just. It's funny, like, they're really good players, one, and they're always, you know, up to shenanigans and usually playing with other professionals, which is always really funny to see when they're, like, streaming and on Skype with a person on another professional team and they're playing together. (laughs) And they're basically just practicing, but, you know, it's it's still kind of entertaining to watch. Yeah, everybody I watch on Twitch, like, the people, like, this one guy, like, the Canadian Viking, like, everybody I watch, it's usually people that have, like, you know, 30 or less people watching them at one time. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard for me to, like, you know get into like trying to hope somebody reads my comment when there's like a thousand people (laughs) so so there's so I like the one of the really funny things that that the guys that have super high numbers of people watching them because sometimes you know like they'll have 20,000 people watching them on Twitch yeah yeah. Uh, but what, what particularly Sneaky does and a lot of the League of Legends guys do is they have when you when you donate, there's a comment box, and yeah. the comment box pops up on his screen, and he will literally answer any question you put in the comment box. Okay. So if you want to tell him something, you just you like you donate a dollar, and you and you, and you leave a comment, and people ask him the craziest shit. Like some of them, will, some of it'll be like legitimate gaming advice. It'll be like you know, hey. If if I'm playing this character a lot, what kind of build should I use against you know this other character? And he'll go like, oh yeah, I, I run into that all the time. I would build this, this, and then this. And people are like, oh that's so cool. But some people will ask him like, if you were stuck on a desert island and could only make out with one of your teammates, who would it be? <laughs> and and he legitimately answers it, which is you know hilarious. But Teacher's point about kind of funny being one of the most successful. I would say that's very accurate, considering they make $24,573.39 a month. Yes. Nice. Yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. And to (laughs) answer the question, actually, I'm I'm very much like Drew, and I don't really... I actually don't really watch too many streamers online directly. Like, um, uh, the only one I really watched, my buddy Kevin, uh, over at the Russia run, and I was just... He was just playing through, you're going to laugh when I mention it, but the Super Noah's Ark 3D. He was just playing through that, and I was just laughing the entire time because it's a ridiculous game if you haven't played it. But it's Super Noah's Ark, and it's in... <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, I've never funny. played that, Gian. What funny thing is that on? Is that a Genesis game? It, it's actually originally a Super Nintendo game, and Correct. the funny thing about that is that uh, id Software got really upset with Nintendo and Wisdom Tree wanted to take Wolfenstein 3D and make a game out of it. They wanted to take the engine and make a game out of it. And what they did was literally, Carmack was like, here, hand them a disc with a source code on it. And it's like, go nuts. And what they did was made Super Noah's Ark 3D, which is an unlicensed Super Nintendo game, which literally, if, with Super Nintendo, if you're not familiar, had the lockout chip on it. And so what they did was make it very much like the Game Genie, in that you could plug in a game in the top of it and use that lockout chip for their game and defeat the lockout chip. So <laughs> nice. it was actually fairly recently ported to Steam, and now and that's what he's playing. Uh, yeah, it that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's and hilarious. actually, my buddy Chandra bought it for me, and she wants to see me play the entire thing <laughs> for a. <laughs> I I want to see you play the entire thing. Today. I kind of want to. After watching Kevin do it, I, I almost don't want to. <laughs> I, I also bitch. As a complete other aside, I would love to see you play Honey Pop. I don't know if you're familiar with that. <laughs> I think that would be like Honey <laughs> Pop. That would be like the most hilariously uh, awkward. Um, any of the <laughs> the Sakura Angels games? Those, those fall in like yeah, that same category of just absurd. Yeah. Um. If, if you are not familiar with, Honey I'll go Pop. as Forrest Hateful Boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's pigeons. That's not boobs. It's still dating game. <laughs> but the funny part about Hootie Pop or Honey Pop, whatever it is, is the fact that it's like all of the dating for the dating game is match three, like crazy match three games. You had rage quit that. Oh, it's so hilarious. It's it's so badly awesome. But it's funny to watch people play because they're trying to like play it straight on like their their let's play channels, and yep. a lot of them will unbeknowingly like install the uh, adult version of the game because there's an adult <laughs> patch you can put on that like removes the censoring. So sure, there's sure. actually like literally nipples and stuff, and, nice. uh, and and it's funny to just watch them turn red as, as they're like, oh here. 
I, you know, I sent you a photo on your phone. You answer your phone, and it's like, and you're just sitting, and you're just sitting there like, oh, it's a phone, and you're just like, yeah. <laughs> and they they turn right bright red and laugh, and it's, it's and you see, and you just see their face crumble like, oh shit, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> And, and they laugh a lot. So if, if, if you want some entertainment, look up some uh, Let's Plays of that game because they're usually pretty funny as people like embarrassingly like try and like laugh off all the nudity while they're playing. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd be laughing it off regardless. Not trying. I would be. <laughs> That's why I want to see you play it. I might buy you that game on the next Steam sale oh. just to see you play it. Because then I'd be <laughs> obligated to. <laughs> <laughs> I might have, a, might have a secret plan here. Yeah. Okay. One of those, don't they have a fall sale coming up on Steam? Yes, they should. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be fair, though, that's also when I plan on buying all of the Gearbox Borderlands games on PC, and we're going to do some co-op runs through of nice. Borderlands and Borderlands 2, and hopefully the pre-sequel as well. Yeah, I want to play the I pre-sequel. Own them all. I've played them the first two on Xbox and never really got very far because all of my friends either quit or were playing so ridiculously more than me that it was, like, stupid for me to play with them. Cause... Yeah, yeah, the levelings, yeah. yeah. Well, it, one of the things I've always hated about games is, like, I did not have a lot of fun with Diablo 2. Okay. Because I started playing it way after all of my friends, so their characters are, like, level 50 and I'm level 1, and they just want to, <laughs> yeah. like, power run me through everything, and I'm you like... Just, you want to experience the game. Running yeah. around just looting piles of gold is boring. Yep. yep. Like, <laughs> to the point that I, after about 10 minutes, I want to slam my head on the desk and, like, repeatedly yeah. until I'm unconscious. But That's what I like about, what is it, like, Dead Island? Like, they just had a thing, like, well, when you join people's games, they scale your level down, or, like, Final Fantasy XIV, Realm Reborn. Like, yeah, if you want to join people's games, they have this really awesome mechanic where it it'll scale, scale you yeah. back. Yeah, you know, so everything's, like, yeah, not a cakewalk, and it's awesome. Yeah. Generally, though, to play those kind of games, you have to have a tacit agreement to be like, yeah, we're just going to play these two characters together solely yeah. to get through the entire campaign. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had an agreement like that a long time ago with a friend in World of Warcraft that literally he played probably a tenth as much as I did. And I had, a, I think, a, a warlock that I was leveling with his rogue. And like the only time I ever played the warlock was, was, was when it was with his rogue. And then it got really funny because at the end of right when we were closing in on the like level gap, he like suddenly got this big spur of time where he could play all the time. <laughs> right. So he like just skyrocketed and out leveled me for like the last three or four levels, just goofing off. And <laughs> and then it got funny because I think I was level I think it was he was level seventy and I was sixty eight and I beat him in a duel and like never let him get that down. <laughs> I think the only thing I miss about World of Warcraft is the fact that I had an undead rogue with no jaw named Jossum. <laughs> and all, all he would do with every ability would say, I'm Jossum. Nice. Have, have I ever told you about the time that I won Final Fantasy XI? <laughs> no, but please, go ahead. Okay, so it, it's a little bit of a weird story. So are you familiar with Final Fantasy XI at all? Oh, very. I actually loved that game very much, okay. and I just had no one to play with. It was one of the first graphical MMOs I ever dove into, because you could basically play the entire thing with a keyboard, and it was kind of cool that way, because I came from the world of text MMOs, which are also known as MUDs, <laughs> and so having a graphical one that you could play with a keyboard, kind of fucking cool. So, since you are familiar, you know about the race, the Gulkas, the big yep, yep. monkey people, basically. Giant hulking behemoths of ridiculousness. Usually when I play a game, I play a, a warrior who just smashes things in the face whenever possible. Mm-hmm. So I made a Galka warrior. And, much like uh, real life. Yes, much <laughs> like real life, where I like to smash things in the faces, preferably with axes, because, you know, Vikings. So I'm playing this this Galka warrior, and I was at the time I was already done like two semesters of Japanese. So I named my character Hanasaru, okay. which translates in Japanese to monkey flower. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> to, long story short, there's a there's a thing in in Japan that's like a, a circle flower is what it's called, and uh, and it's it's a little thing that like teachers doodle on your paper when you like do really good on a test or something. They they draw this little thing, and and through that I was able to extract and and retranslate. And so my character was this giant monkey who was a warrior whose name was Monkey Flower. Fair enough. So the, the day that I won Final Fantasy XI is when I was standing in the middle of a town and a Japanese player is running by me, stops, examines me, 
types W in chat, and then runs off. And if you are unfamiliar with Japanese playing in MMOs, W is their version of LOL. (laughs) So he looked at my name, (laughs) saw that it said, you know, understood that it said monkey flower in Japanese, and that I was an American player, laughed at my name, and left. I won Final Fantasy XI. Solid. Solid. Well, so I don't know. Do, I don't know. Do you have anything left on uh, on let's plays? I mean, we we basically but let's be honest. I don't think we had much to begin with. <laughs> Probably not. But for the most part, I think we're pretty much all in agreement that the full playthroughs are more spoiler rich and more potentially deterrent to someone buying a, a game. Does is that yeah. can we all kind of agree on that? Is that kind yeah. of all of our sense? Yeah, yeah. That's I would say that. Uh, and then, for the most part, the open-ended ones seem to actually promote the purchase and participation in a game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Stuff like Minecraft, where yeah, I guess your playthrough won't yeah ever be the same way twice. Correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and actually, so I, I call out to that style of weirdness and Rooster Teeth because Rooster Teeth, you know, needs all the call-outs they can get because we need a cut of awesome. Gavin screaming. Yeah. So. They used to do a thing, and they probably still do. It's part of Achievement Hunter, I think, but it's it's called Horse. And it originally started with Halo, and it was Halo Horse. And then they started doing it with Trials Fusion, I think. The gist of it is they had these weird custom maps, and it was silly crap like drive a warthog from point A to point B on this really crazy windy bridge thing without falling off or hitting a mine and dying. And the first person who did it, you know, the the loser would get an H, and you you have five challenges, and or however many challenges until someone is a horse. But that totally made me buy Halo Reach, because that's what they were <laughs> the engine they were doing it all in, and I bought it just to download the maps and play some of the little trial things, because they had all of the maps that they used in the thing available for download on their servers, and I was like, that is so much fun, <laughs> like just watching you guys do this dumb shit, and. <laughs> Like, it's hilarious, and it totally made me buy Halo Reach, and I actually kind of hate Halo games. Again, <laughs> mostly control-oriented. Yeah. But, yeah. They're so slow. Yes, they're... They, they're... they got better. <laughs> but you're still, like, swimming in molasses. As it you're, is. Uh, it's like this. you're walking through honey and shooting at enemies that are much faster than you. I know, but I think at the time I didn't own a decent PC, and so if I wanted to shoot Alien... Halo was my go-to game. I think it didn't change. It didn't change through the entire series. Here's my argument against that. At the same time Halo was out, Time Splitters existed. Oh, that's true. And Time Splitters is so ridiculously, insanely fast-paced. Yeah. There's no excuse. Like... It's Time Splitters is the descendant of GoldenEye, which is the start of first real first-person shooters on consoles. Because sure. no, no offense to ID, but you know the Doom ports don't count. Not really. <laughs> they were they were not great. Yeah. Um, the Super Nintendo one was okay. Yeah, the the, the Nintendo sixty four one not so much. No, it was terrible. Yeah, but but I will always argue for Time Splitters because it was probably. No, that's something... Time. Especially Future Perfect was Yeah, that's what I was about um, to say. That was the one I got into hardcore. <laughs> so, are you familiar with Monkey Assault? <sighs> Which one was that? That was the multiplayer game mode where all the monkeys spawned and murdered whoever was in first place. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in my opinion, that is the best multiplayer deathmatch in any that's... game in the history of gaming ever. Because we would always play like the... like four-player or three-player, like, defend mode, where, like, yeah, they would just keep spawning, yeah. yeah. Just swarms and swarms. Just swarms, yeah, and I guess that was probably, like, the origination of, like, horde mode, almost. (laughs) Kinda. You know, and there was just so many characters, you know, like, 60-plus characters to play through, you know, play as a multiplayer. Yes. (laughs) And and there were monkeys to make all the people who, make all the people who ate hot job happy. <laughs> Wait, we have someone who hates Odd Job right here. Oh, I do. Oh, really? I do. I say, he was. I always hear he was he the was worst the... of the. You he used was... him because you were a dick. Okay. No. <laughs> you use Odd was... Job, you're a dick. No, no. Hard I hate Odd Job. I have he a hard a... line. He was the easiest to shoot because he was already headshot height. He was the worst to shoot because he was under headshot height. No, he was like at your waist where your gun is naturally pointy. <laughs> 
Are you drunk? He was. You not, couldn't not, shoot him. That was the entire point of Odd Job. It made him short yet. for a reason. He was Ed Shot Height. <laughs> broken Dan. Uh, no, uh, that's why. Like, uh, all right, I'm ending this podcast. Okay. <laughs> I'm so salty right now. I don't know. The sodium content in my apartment has risen to dramatic levels. <laughs> oh, that was that was fantastic. We we need you more. You couldn't of that. shoot Odd Job. You could, call, you could like right, his listeners, head. Email us. Could you shoot Odd Job? Yes or no? I don't care if you, you actually shoot. say it. I want to prove Drew wrong right now. No, 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 no. You could actually shoot his hat, and that still counted as a headshot. The answer is yes. You could totally shoot Odd Job. <laughs> you lying fucks, especially with grenade launchers. <laughs> or just a regular I'm so gun. Salty right now. No, oh, man. By far, in GoldenEye, the, the best game mode is the one where you just turn on grenade launchers and infinite ammo and yeah. just be stupid. That's just a, be stupid. Mine was, um, I guess, proximity mines. So yeah. you just fucking... He was so <laughs> tiny, you couldn't use the auto-fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, quit auto-aiming like a noob. Come on, I know. That's you. A, yeah, that's a, that's a Paul yeah, the, problem. The, the, the manual <laughs> aim was too oversensitive, goddammit. <laughs> All right, do we have anything actually on the topic? Because I'm going to fucking end this shit. <laughs> no, but uh, best episode ever. It was pre- it is pretty good. I especially like this particular portion where I actually got <laughs> um, So this is, I guess, if we're, uh, we're ending the episode, is there uh, any place you would like us to point people, Drew? Like, do you so want us to... Salty. Your, uh, your, your, your barbecue, barbecue baronhood like, that you... Uh, um, you can come to Georgia Bob's Barbecue, located in Milledgeville, Georgia, if you happen to be nearby. Oh, wait. Hold on. Actually, <laughs> I yeah, might yeah. be visiting you soon. Hold on. Where is Georgia What did you call it? What was the name of the place? Well, yeah, what was the name of the place again? Georgia Bob's Barbecue. Like, we're, like, a block away from, like, the college there. I actually forgot that you, that you both live in Georgia. Otherwise, I would have said something earlier. No, when he mentioned, yeah, Dragon Con stuff earlier, I was like, you were there, too? And <laughs> So it's in basically Macon, or no? Well, uh, that's five, like five locations apparently. Yeah, yeah. There's like five. Yeah. So where's your location? Uh, yeah, Milledgeville. It's like the I guess probably the one that's furthest east. This website sucks, by the way. Yeah, no, it's the there, worst. It's, there's like it's funny. There, there's tons of links for all of the menus you could possibly want. Like it, that's fantastic. But you uh, can't find the fucking. There's no like. Where are it says there are five locations south of Atlanta, and then there's no way to find the locations apparently. Well, we're gonna let you laugh about that later. So anyway, that's uh, everything to plug Drew on. <laughs> you can find uh, Dan and I at uh, if you have anything to email us over. If you want to just yell at us or rip me about hating on Odd Job, you can send it to directly to me, Paul at LoadedCartGaming.com. If you want to hear some saltiness, because I will respond to you on the next podcast. <laughs> Not even a joke. I'm really salty about Odd Job. Please, please send Paul all of your odd job love. If you, all of the love for Odd Job to Paul. Odd Job overrated. If you, it, oh fuck Odd Job. <laughs> if you want to yell at Dan, you can, you can contact him at shop at loadedcartgaming.com. If you want to just email us both and just talk about anything on the podcast, suggest a topic. Uh, basically rip us for getting something wrong, feel free. It's podcast at loadcardgaming.com. Go to actual loadcardgaming.com where we'll have all of the episodes posted along with some other cool shit. That's about it, so here's some smooth jazz to play out. Milledgeville, Georgia, home of Flannery O'Connor and the awful Ben Roethlisberger incident. Uh, <laughs>